Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside-the-box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box. Hi, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You. I'm your host, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing, and today I have two very special guests that are going to be talking about personal branding. We're continuing this conversation because I know it's something that a lot of you are very interested in. There's never been a time in, in, at least in my history, where I have seen the ability to accelerate your career, your brand, your reputation by having a personal brand online. And so my two guests today are going to talk about strategies and tactics to actually build your brand online, whether you're using it for recruitment for your own company um, or you're looking to build your reputation for maybe a current position or a position that you're looking to have in the future. Regardless, it can accelerate connections, it can build relationships, and so much more, as you're going to hear from two of my guests today, Mike Wolver, uh, CRO of Rent Dynamics, and my repeat guest, Chris Arnold of Authentic. Now, before that, I just want to say I'm so grateful to be back with you guys. I took a break last week. We had our team retreat. And as a team that works remote, just the ability to get together in person, we were looking around and we're like, oh, my gosh, we're for, you know, our team has evolved over the years. But right now we're all women. So we were all super comfy, relaxing in our pajamas. We rented a big house and everybody came in from all over. We just had two days of laughing and eating and drinking and just playing games. We did a cookie decorating contest. We celebrated a baby shower for one of our team members that's expecting. We visited vineyards. I mean, we just, we did everything. We had morning walks and coffee. It was relaxing and just a moment of connection that we needed. And then last week was another big week for me. If you've been with me for over a year, you know that last year I signed up for a year-long certification program to become a functional wellness coach. And it's something that I've always been interested in. I've been passionate about health for many years. But after the pandemic, I think I just was even more interested. And I saw how stress was impacting me, my family, colleagues, and just how important taking care of our health is. So I wanted to be able to speak on the topic knowledgeably. And this year has stretched me beyond belief, but I'm official now. I am a functional wellness coach, and I hope to bring more of those kind of conversations to our weekly podcast, to my newsletter, and to the content that I share. So if you guys aren't subscribed to my newsletter, you can go to sproutmonthly.com. And in that, you get access to our magazine that we publish each month. It's a marketing ideas magazine. And you can access that, plus you'll get on the email list, and I send out one weekly email to my subscribers. So I'd love to connect with you guys there also. Okay, so today, personal branding. My guests today, um, as I mentioned, are uh, Mike Wolber and Chris Arnold. And here's the funny thing about that. Today, I consider these two men my friends, my colleagues. But a year ago, I only was observing them on LinkedIn, and I was just my curiosity, my interest was peaked. There was a few posts that Chris posted specifically that I flagged and I was like, man, I like the way this guy writes, the way he thinks. And then same thing with Mike Wolber. I started following him and I was, you know, just blown away by the insightfulness and his perspective is very unique coming from the tech space. 
and a sales background, but also very people forward, very just relationship building. And so I just started observing them. And then I reached out and I connected with them. And now we have become fast friends. They're trusted colleagues. I go to them for advice. And I feel like we've got um, a lot of exciting things in the future. So I wanted to bring them on to talk about personal branding. So first up, you're going to hear from Mike. And if you love what he says as much as I did, you're going to want to tune into his weekly podcast, Modern Multifamily. Check it out and make sure that you follow Mike on LinkedIn. What I love about Mike is he gives such strategy. It's very doable. This is not just fluff of like, oh, here's the philosophy of building a personal brand. No, he's sharing his lessons, his tips, and how he actually prepares the night before for what he's going to post the next day. So let's tune in to Mike. And then after that, we'll hear from Chris. I'm excited to have this conversation with Mike Wilbur, the CRO of Rent Dynamics. Welcome, Mike. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Mike, I have to say that the people that I've asked to be on this part of the podcast when it talks about personal branding are people that actually caught my eye for what they're doing in the personal branding space. And I, I guess it's been about six months that I started coming across your posts on LinkedIn, just very thoughtful, very thought provoking. And I'm curious to hear a little bit about your strategy behind personal branding. So first of all, why do you think it's important for someone to have a personal brand? First of all, thank you. And second of all, second of all I would say that, that COVID really accelerated um, my thought on what personal brand or um, kind of the why behind, you know, having a first impression matters. I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, like how do you want to be known? How do you want to be thought of matters more than it ever has. And I also believe that you have a few seconds to either pass someone's sniff test or to like miss the opportunity. So for me, it wasn't by design. It was definitely an accident, but I started seeing that the more I amplified, whether it was personally or through the businesses that I represent, um, it just led to warmer introductions, hugs instead of handshakes at conferences and things like that. And that's really just snowballed into what it is today. So kind of a, a verbose answer to start, but that's some, some perspective. No, that's great. I'm just curious, has that evolved? So initially, if it was kind of just to make sure that you, you know, you were helping control the narrative a little bit of what people thought of when they thought of Mike. Now, is there a strategy behind how you're building your personal brand online? There, there definitely is. I mean, I, I, I'd say there's, there's a few things personally as a, as a leader in a fast growing technology company, recruiting is expensive and it's time consuming. And being able to be someone who's active on social media, celebrating wins, sharing learnings, very much building in public makes it very repeatable for me to get in front of people that eventually do become team members. I've added over 40 people to Rent Dynamics since joining two years ago, and I haven't had to send, spend a dollar on recruiting. Um, speed to hire, speed to retention, uh, those things really matter, and social can play a big role there. And I would say second, second to that, um, being able to seek wisdom and then to eventually share wisdom is also sort of a superpower to me. And being able to slide into the DMs of VPs and CXOs in our industry, meet with people like you, um, get people's attention and then use that attention wisely. Those are all things that, you know, they give me energy. And I definitely am someone who tries to find energy in the daily. I feel like you have an abundance of energy. I don't know why, but it comes through. 
it's funny because sometimes it overwhelms people. I've had a few people say chill out to me, which is fine. Um, I, I'm definitely an energy creator. I'm definitely an energy consumer. Uh, I definitely try to bring energy to, 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 you know, conversations and experiences. And it's definitely just a huge part of who I am and uh, take her to leave it. But that's what you get with Mike. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. That comes through in your content. So how do you Sometimes people, you know, I like video because I can express myself very well. How are you using, let's talk about LinkedIn specifically. How do you make sure that that mic, that energy and all the things that you want to come across are coming across in one post? So I I, I would say that that you do need to like think through like who are you and how are you going to come across on social? A lot of people struggle to find their social voice early. And I, I certainly did. I it's funny and kind of neat for me to hear you say that that around six months ago, you know, you started seeing me. And um, six months ago is when I decided to start being consistent, not just infrequent on on social media. And um, being someone who's energetic, being someone who's enthusiastic, charismatic, uh, I, I can overwhelm with like literal exclamations and as well as figurative exc- exclamations. <laughs> And I've kind of borrowed um, a tagline from a former colleague of mine. His name is Jeff. And he always was someone who brought relaxed intensity to the workplace. And I've definitely thought through, how can I bring in a relaxed intensity? Sometimes that's enthusiasm. Sometimes it's just motivation. Sometimes it's very clear direction because I am an executive. And I think trying to bring through a relaxed intensity is something that I think about often in terms of being able to meet someone where they are and bring a message that's going to come across as excited, but maybe not have 10 exclamations because that very much used to be how I communicate. Um, and I think that's something that also evolves in terms of your social voice as your career and your personal life evolves too. I'm going to have to borrow that because I absolutely love that phrase to me. It captures really the calm that you want from a leader because you do, you respect the calm. But the intensity and the excitement is a lot of times what gets the ball rolling. So that is, that's great. And I think that comes through in the way that you present yourself also, because there is a level of excitement, but the authority that shows that, you know, you know what you're talking about, but you're also, um, you know, very thoughtful in how you're engaging with people. So let's talk a little bit more specifically when you're looking at your content for the week, are you thinking through the types to make sure that it's varied content that is showing those different facets of your personality. And I'm going to move this way because this light is following me. <laughs> do it. You look great. Um, I, I do. I think about that a lot. And a lot of people, that's, that's the number one question I get in my DMs. Uh, I actually did the math. I average 86 DMs a week from people asking me help questions. And I have a pretty good response rate. And, um, one of the number one questions that I get is like, how do you decide what to talk about? I could talk about so many things. And uh, I like to just pick five and start there. And I'm a LinkedIn creator. You see the hashtags under my profile, the things that I talk about. And that's that's all intentional. I'm very confident, experienced, and comfortable talking about leadership, about multifamily, about prop tech, about technology as a category, and leadership. And those are the five things that you'll routinely see me talking about. And they ebb and they flow. Uh, I don't really follow engagement metrics personally. It, it's great if a post pops like a couple of mine have in the past couple of weeks. But but honestly, I, I really try to follow what's actually happening in my life. And so um, right now we're in the middle of you know performance reviews and comp increases, tough conversations in the business. So a lot of my conversations right now on social are, are coming through on 
on leadership and wisdom and failing forward as it relates to, you know, development. And as we get closer to conference season, you'll see a lot more selfies and I'm in the <laughs> field and, and these kinds of things. So I try to bring through circumstantial, but also authenticity as it relates to the content, because that's ultimately what people want to consume. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you're doing it in, you know, it, you're really approaching it from a place of what's happening in your life in the moment. That feels very real than maybe like batch created content, which I think works for certain platforms. But I feel like for LinkedIn, it really is. You can tell when it's what somebody is going through today or yesterday. And that that really resonates. It's interesting, too, because, you know, I'm, I'm primarily active on LinkedIn. I, I do a lot of testing on, on Twitter because I don't have a very big following there. So I'll, if something pops on Twitter, I'll typically take it to LinkedIn. But you know, one of the interesting things to me is, and you, you probably have this since you create so much more content than I do, when you click post or send, whether it's a newsletter or a post, you typically know. It's like, oh yeah, that one's going to land. Because <laughs> it came from a place of like, yeah, that is that is like right now, it's relevant for what our industry or uh, my friends or, or what my colleagues or, or audience in, in general is is facing. And that typically is hard to replicate with like ghost writing and those kinds of things, which is why I've just kind of veered from anyone else touching my socials unless the, unless their name's Mike Wilbur. <laughs> okay, that's great because I think sometimes you know, and I have also found sometimes there's things that I've like held kind of close to the vest that then when I get vulnerable about sharing, I recently shared something for women and all of a sudden, I mean, that was my most engaged with posts. And it's like something that's been on my heart, but I just have like thought, oh, I don't know if this is the right platform for it. And have you ever found that that sometimes you might be holding back on something, but then you share and you're kind of pleasantly surprised that it did, like you weren't alone in those thoughts? 100%. And I, I think it's it's interesting because, you know, LinkedIn's been around for a minute. And I think, you know, 10 years ago, LinkedIn was your resume and you shared job updates. And if you did anything else, you would get attacked. And I'd say five years ago, we saw people starting to share more actively. And I was not one of those people. I was maybe sharing a, hey, we'll be at a conference type thing. And then over the last three years, you've seen people really start to just share. Um, this past Thanksgiving and Christmas, you saw an abundance of family photos on LinkedIn. You were not seeing those three and four years ago. And at the end of the day, we sell to people. We work with people. And people are the proxy for their businesses. And so I really think that you know, blending the human with the professional hat that we wear day in and day out, it's important to find a balance. And I think you can go too left or too right there, but finding a balance to me is the sweet spot. And people do want to know what's going on behind the wall of Barbara Savona. They just do. Okay. So with that, what is a turnoff in terms of personal brand that you've seen that to you just is like, e, this feels like not the route I want to go? I would say there's like a there's like two two things that I don't like, and I've definitely for every hundred lovers, I definitely have a hater, and I'm I'm cool with that. Like I get it. Like I'm I'm a public person to at least a small degree at this point. There's two things that I really don't like, and I've definitely fallen victim or trapped myself in both of them. One is broetry. Like there is there are people that just share stuff that clearly is just like I copy and pasted someone's post, and it was gonna ugh. and like broetry to me is something that is a, is a turnoff. Um, I've never that, heard of bro a tree. I don't know if I made it up, but like bro a tree, <laughs> any gender can participate. It's just sharing like false, fake facade wisdom, right? Okay. And 
um it, it just does it doesn't hit the authentic you know like filter the the second thing would be the self promoter um and that's one that i get you know from time to time like oh was that too much like mike or, or team but there is also an important component of advocating for yourself so self-promoting is also attractive to me so but finding the balance if someone only posts about hey i crushed my quota yesterday and then today i did this thing and it's like, yeah, but what about we? What about us? What about you? Right. And and I think finding the balance between um, self-promoting and, you know, advocating is an important balance when it comes to social because you have to get past that filter. Absolutely. And the humble brag sometimes is a little a hard one to swallow. You're like trying to figure out how to share something, but I, I think either go for it or don't humble brag it out. Totally. Um, Okay, just a couple more questions. How do you not get overwhelmed with it taking over your day? Because I see when you say that kind of engagement, some of your posts, I see that you're very thoughtful and responding. How does this not become something that consumes you? It's really hard. Um, there are a lot of like ideas and wisdom um, kind of moments that you can seek when you ask people how they find balance too. Um, Marshall Friday, good friend over at ADT, he deleted it from his phone. He doesn't have LinkedIn on his phone. So it's a Google Chrome tab and he uses it as part of his workday and that's when he engages. Um, for me, I, I've turned off notifications. So there's no push notifications at all on my LinkedIn. Um, and I day part. So I, I spend 30 minutes in the morning. I spend 30 minutes in the afternoon on LinkedIn. And occasionally I'll jump in between meetings or if I just need a minute, I'll go for a walk and those kinds of things. But you do have to find balance. Um, and I, I'd say for me, turning off the pressure too. you know, social to me is very personal. It is not part of my work, even though it impacts rent dynamics in a very positive way for the most part. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, prioritize your email, not your LinkedIn DMs. And if you can't get back to everybody, give yourself some grace. And I do my best to respond and engage with every comment, but there are posts where it's just not possible. And that's okay. People understand. They're not looking back and judging Mike because he didn't like it or respond to it. And uh, I think it's important to just find some balance, find some grace and set set limits. Don't burn out your business or your partner because of your desire for, you know, the goodness that comes from feeling like people care on LinkedIn. That's literally golden advice. I think the permission piece to say that is is huge. Um, I had set a goal for myself as I'm trying to work on it too, to show up every single day. And for me, it just did not become a practical thing with op my operations and just the life that I wanted. And I thought, you know, I don't want to have this amazing engagement on LinkedIn and have a life that's like just not like what I want to live. Totally. So I love that you brought up that balance. With that said, though, you shared the that you you have that dedicated time. Is that how you stay consistent? Is it's just a piece of your routine? It is. So I, I it's interesting. It's like somewhat controversial on LinkedIn specifically. I don't believe in post scheduling. Uh, I do for business, but I just don't for personal. Until I'm full-time consulting and creating content and doing things that I, I will definitely do at one stage in my career or another. Um, if I'm too busy for LinkedIn, I just shouldn't be on LinkedIn. You know, if, if my kids have basketball and I coach both of their teams, or if my wife's love tank is empty and we're prioritizing a glass of wine and some Yellowstone, like, screw you, LinkedIn. Like, that's right. just kind of how I feel. Um, but there are a couple things I do to keep that time somewhat protected and repeatable. Uh, if you don't mind, if I'm verbose for a second, please. So one, one is every night, um, I turn my phone off an hour before bed 
And one of my rituals is to typically pop open LinkedIn on my phone and just draft out a post for the next day. And then if you click the X, you can save it as a draft. So the next morning when I'm in the gym, which I'm in the gym every morning before my family's up from 530 to 7, on repeat, I post most mornings between 615 and 630. And I didn't have to do any work. I just opened the app and click post, right? I do my workout. And then 30 minutes later, as I'm doing some sort of a cool down, which is typically a bike or a treadmill walk, I open up and I engage because I've already got a couple, you know, 50 likes and some comments or some DMs. And then I start my day with my family. I make pancakes and I turn it off. And then it's the same thing at the bookend of my day since I'm in mountain time. Uh, Most of my team's winding down when I'm still at the office. So I jump in, have a little fun, and then I get home to the family. And so it's very much a ritual and a routine. And for the most part, I do post every day because every night I typically have an idea or 10 uh, that I'm thinking about. That's such a, I love that you shared that strategy because my last question was going to be, how can someone that is wanting to dip their toe in the LinkedIn waters, so to speak, uh, start? And it sounds like you've made a very scalable and very uh, repeatable system that works for you. It might not be what somebody else does, but I like the cadence of it. So any other tips for someone that's just trying to get started? Yeah. One last one would be, you know, follow, follow the questions that you get in your day job in your personal life or in your social media life. And I get a lot of LinkedIn DMs at this point, and it's just part of, you know, building on LinkedIn. And my posts are a direct reflection of the questions that I'm getting. I mean, occasionally I do something that's totally like off the cuff, um, which is real life too. But for the most part, you know, if 20 people ask me in a week, like, hey, do you have some ideas on getting started in social? It's one of my resolutions for 2023. Of course, I posted, here's five things you can do to get started on social media in in LinkedIn. I respond to those people with my post and bam, a great post was was born. And so I think there's a lot to be said about listening, the questions you get from your team, uh, mentorship that you're participating in. And that becomes the practical place to start with, you know, sharing and building in public on social. That's the perfect bank of content that you just shared. All of those places are good bookmarks. Okay, so are you okay if I take a, a page out of your playbook and ask you a curveball? I just saw you kind of gulp. Are you scared? Yeah, no, are you no I'm ready. I'm a, little, I'm a little nervous, <laughs> but I'm ready. I'm here for it. So let's just take off the, like, the mask. If you had to look at my content on LinkedIn, since I'm a newbie there, what advice would you give me if you were my LinkedIn consultant? Yeah, I- I, I would say that one of the, the easiest places to improve on LinkedIn is to create a short-term commitment to being consistent. Um, because with consistency, you have a couple of really good um, outcomes. Um, LinkedIn, like many platforms, prioritizes repeatability, which is why when people post infrequently, typically those first couple posts don't pop off. Mm-hmm. Um and engagement isn't everything either, but engagement to me is a signal and signals, you know, create the ability to then know where to go with your content. What do people care about? Barbara's brand is so different than Mike's and that's a good thing. So I think the first thing would be, um, you know, making a commitment to being consistent. Um, and I'd say the second thing would be like occasionally being like really bold. And I think that being bold is something that a lot of us kind of steer back from like I, I have a po- tomorrow's post is going to be bold for me okay. and it's going to either 
people are going to like hate it or they're going to like love it. And so what would like a bold post for me look like? I mean, you've built this like incredible business. Like I would call your business world class. And if you look back on the last 15 years you've been doing it, what are the things that you shouldn't have done that you wish you had? Or what were the things that you did that everyone said, don't do this, Barbara, but you went for it and it paid off like literally or figuratively. And I think sharing some of those um, or and a second one, Barbara, that's probably more correct for you is that, you know, property managers better than most, better than most of their bosses do. And I think being able to share, share like the things you're hearing from your customers, like what are the feet on the street saying they need right now from yeah. their, their teams, their executives, their regionals, that could be pretty bold to share that like right now you're doing this, you should be doing this. Here are three things I'm hearing from the front lines. I encourage you to make that phone call today. That to me is not controversial, but you're definitely kind of finding the line of like, ooh, you just kind of called somebody out, but it was what they probably needed to hear. Okay, I just feel like I got schooled and like a little tough love. <laughs> I, I preach consistency on other things and I've been such a flake on LinkedIn, so... <laughs> This is great, Mike. I think people are going to take so much value from this. And I just want to thank you for giving me some of your time this morning and just sharing so much wisdom freely and, and giving it to the audience. No, of course. Thank you a ton for having me here. I love what you've built. And since I started following you both uh, on LinkedIn and I do follow your podcast and your Instagram, I love your reels. Um, that's been very mutual. So thank you. We'll have to do it again soon. As promised, you guys, Mike was a wealth of information. So make sure, again, you tune in to Modern Multifamily, the podcast, and you follow Mike on LinkedIn. I'll make sure that links are in our blog. And now, next up, we have Chris Arnold. So Chris is uh, also a host of a podcast that I enjoy very much, Transforming Cities. He's the co-founder of Authentic, and Chris has such a wonderful way of talking about the authentic way that he's building a personal brand. So listen to my conversation with Chris. Chris, I am interested in knowing a little bit about your strategy for personal branding. And I say that because when I first came across some of your posts on LinkedIn, there was something about your voice, your tone, the way that you spoke to our industry that was really unique. And that's what made me reach out to you. So I feel like you know a thing or two about personal branding. Can you share? We'll get right back to our conversation. But before we do, I just wanted to remind you, if you haven't already, go to sproutmonthly.com. There you can subscribe to our monthly digital magazine and make sure you subscribe your team also. This will give them an endless supply of ideas for the upcoming two months for their marketing, their resident events, their retention, social media, plus all these conversations that we have on the podcast. You'll also see these interviews inside of the magazines too. So make sure you go to sproutmonthly.com. You'll also get access to tons of free resources. All right, let's get back to it. Wow, that's a big question and a, and a big compliment. Thank you for for saying that. Um, let's see. I, you know, to be honest, I I went into it just feeling like there weren't a lot of voices when it came to real estate development and in design and lease up strategy and some of the things that we push through my company at Authentic. And really, my style came from what do I like to read from other people? What's the tone of voice that I like to consume? Because in my opinion, there's a lot of you know flashy cars and flashing watches and, and flashing big numbers on the screen. And, you know, I think there's a time and a place for the humble brag, but I really appreciate people that 
take the time to stand for something, educate and inspire through their posts in a way that I feel like when I'm finished reading it, I got something out of it. And I think that is the key to successful content creation. Um, when you can take a step back and say, Hey, you know what? I know a thing or two about, you know, these four or five things. I think I can reach, you know, these two or three audience profiles. Really. I started with a matrix that Justin Welsh put together, which if you've been on LinkedIn at all, you know, he kind of shows up everywhere as being kind of a content writing guru. But one of my first approaches was really just, Hey, let's do a content matrix. Let's see what topics I could talk about. Who could I be speaking to and kind of start there. And, you know, it's a little messy and a little ugly at first, if we're, <laughs> if we're being honest, but you know, each week that passes, you consistently do it. You know, you kind of learn about yourself and learn about your voice through that creative writing process. And, and the funny thing is, you know, reflecting back on the, on the last handful of months is that you really kind of get to know yourself better and that, and therefore you get to be able to communicate to the people that you want to communicate to better as well. That's really tangible advice because when you specifically right now mentioned the humble brag, I remember that post. And the reason that I thought that your writing was so effective is because when I read it, I was like, wow, I've actually been thinking something very similar. Like I've been seeing those posts and I'm almost like, do people like, do we do that? Is that acceptable to just be like constantly bragging about yourself? Mm -hmm. and, and it's kind of like under the ruse of, you know, not. So I feel like that your writing was very much putting my thoughts on paper. Is there something that you've done aside from just practice to kind of develop your voice and to gain the confidence to say some things that might be maybe not so popular all the time? My rule of thumb is provide value at least 90% of the time and only ask for something 10% of the time or less. <clears throat> and, and like I said, I really gained my, my voice partially just from my own research and kind of figuring it out along the way. But I also, I mean, there's definitely a handful of people that I have followed over the last year or so that I, I admire. I really appreciate the way that they approach writing. And so I think it's just a mix of both. Again, I think it's reflecting within what is it that I can provide from a value perspective and then kind of gaining confidence through what you see other people doing. And, you know, one of the rule of thumbs that I always think about is people really aren't paying attention to you as much as you think that they're paying attention to you. So even if you put out a post that you feels a little silly or maybe like oh, you're kind of sweating about it as it goes out at the end of the day, not that many people are going to see it. And so it kind of gives you some confidence boost. The more you do it, every time you hit submit, um, every time you hit post, you know, you're getting a little bit more confidence that you can do this day in and day out and take the occasional, you know, person or two that sends you a message that isn't as nice as you would hope it, hope it would be. But, um, I think that's just part of the process and what you have to, to know going into a writing process like that. Great advice. And it sounds like, uh, you've had that occasional, even learning experience from having those people that reach out that maybe don't have the nicest comments. I think you even shared a post about that. Would you kind of give us a little hint about that? And then I want people to actually go see your LinkedIn to know more. <laughs> yeah, I um, one of one of the ways that I try to connect with people is um, sending them messages, um, and and one of my daily processes is just to go through and see who's been looking at my profile and do we have any overlap? You know, any interesting? You know, kind of oh, do you live where I've lived before, or do you do some of the similar work that I do? And um, I happen to come across this one person on a top influencer list, more or less, for LinkedIn. Um, I saw that that person had looked at my profile and I reached out to them and I said, Hey, 
you know, kind of like tongue in cheek. Hey, I saw you peeking. Um, which I so thought was so great. I think that was great. <laughs> you know, thanks so much for checking out my profile. Um, would love to, to chat sometime, you know, I, I never try to sell, uh, in, in a message like that. So it's just genuinely kind of like an open-ended friendly message and 99% of the time, you know, the feedback is really positive in this case, you know, it was very much a, a, a negative, um, multi-paragraph response, uh, that was laced with, um, unfriendly language that basically said, you're selling to me. I, I get it now, you know, stop doing that. Good luck with your sales process, you know, and then connection request denied. And, and obviously you can't respond back at that point. So I kind of had to take a step back and, um, kind of evaluate is what I'm doing the right thing to be doing on this platform, you know, and where I landed was, you know, yes, like LinkedIn is a, is a business platform where you're encouraged to, to communicate with people you don't know, and you're encouraged to, to, to create new connections. And if it just ends with a hello, nice to meet you. That's great. If it becomes something else, that's great too. And I had to just kind of walk away, have a deep breath. I shared it on, on LinkedIn. Cause I think that's maybe the, one of the experiences that people are scared to have and, and there I was having it. So I wanted just to share that with other people and it's, it's okay. And hopefully that person had a, had a good weekend and, and they're feeling better. And, and, um, now I've lived through it and I know what to expect next time. I wanted you to share that because there were two things that I got from that post. So the first one was just the fact that the way that you do that, that you send out that message that might not fit for someone else's personality. I kind of took a step back and I was like, okay, this is what I like about Chris's voice. It's definitely your voice. Like if somebody else just tried to copy and paste that, it wouldn't maybe fit their personality. So to me, that was the first lesson, like be who you are, you know, even in this situation. And the second thing I thought it was cool that you shared it is exactly for that reason that it was an educational, you know, it was educational for you, the experience and knowing that it was probably an educational experience for you, it probably also was to those that follow. So mm -hmm. would you give people that recommendation that when they're looking for content to not just share the good, but to also share like lessons learned from experiences? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would, I would extend that further and say, uh, in building upon what you just said that I think as someone who is creating their own brand and trying to find their own voice, you, again, you need to stand for something and you need to have, there needs to be a uniqueness to what you're saying. And it doesn't necessarily need to be like this new thing that you invented, but the way that you deliver the content needs to be kind of in your own style. And I, and, and one of the ways that I like to think about it is the majority of what you're doing is actually repelling the people that aren't going to be a good fit either to be a, a future friend or a colleague or, or business partner. And, and when you think about it, that very empowering, because the more that you share the way that you would like to curate, educate, and provide value through your content, and the more that you share your wins and losses with your audience, the more you're not only repelling all the people that don't really care to follow and, and, and hear what you're saying, um, at the same time, you're, you're, you're bringing people into your circle. And there's been a lot of talk around, um, you know, likes and, and engagement and what is good and what is not enough. And really where I've landed is the more that you just keep being yourself and do what you're doing, um, even if you're only getting, you know, five or 10 likes, the fact that you get a couple DMS a week from people saying, Hey, I really like what you're doing. That to me is a lot more valuable. It means a lot more and, and takes you much further in those connections and business relationships 
than a post that just is a feel good post that gets a hundred engagements. And I think that can be a barrier for people trying to get into personal branding. I feel like I need to get 50 likes. I feel like I need a hundred engagements, but the truth is you don't. And it's not really about that. And if you can think about it that way, I think it's really empowering as a creator. That is almost permission to say, go for it. And yeah. it almost makes me think about what we talked about in a, in another episode of about pre pre-leasing in a weird way. This is like, you're qualifying your circle with your content. You know, it's like, you want qualified leads. I think about LinkedIn, you want qualified people that are surrounding and engaging with you. And that content is just making it clear if I want to keep hearing or if this isn't for me and it's okay if it's not. Exactly. And, and another way to think about it is by the time someone is DMing you, by the time you're moving with them off of the platform into an email, they already know what you're all about. They already know what you stand for. And they already know that they want to work with you or, or have you on their podcast or share, share in some other idea with you. And I think if you just kind of post anything or what you think is safe, then when someone contacts you, they're not necessarily going to know what you're all about or what you stand for or how it is that you can help them. And so the more that you do that, the more that that, uh, I hesitate to call it a sales funnel, but it's kind of like, again, you're kind of like pre pre-leasing the people that are reaching out to you because they now know what you're all about. They know what your brand is and they know what to expect with that experience. And I think that that's, that's the goal, right? I think that's, that's really important. Yes, that is absolutely the goal. And a real life experience is even just our connection. I followed your content. I didn't even always engage with it, but I was interested in it. Then I engaged in it. I reached out to you. And by the time I reached out to you, I felt I had a sense of the kind of, you know, person and creator you were. We hopped on a call and I didn't feel disappointed after. I was like, I felt <laughs> like we had known each other. It was a really, you know, good call. Now we're doing a podcast together. So I think that for people that um, don't, see the engagement necessarily initially, it doesn't mean that people aren't watching and noticing and that you're really just a few, you know, interactions away from them. Like you said, reaching out by that time, they are qualified. They are. And and it's funny, you know, I think I felt the very, I think I felt very similarly to you when you reached out to me because I had seen you around. I knew what your posts were all about. I'd already listened to some of your podcast episodes and every once in a while you, you have someone like that. And I think I even called it kind of an off on the peripheral vision. And I realized why haven't I reached out to Barbara before? I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, and so we, we hit the call already feeling like we knew each other because of the things that you had posted and because of the things that I had posted. And that's, that's great. Absolutely. So would you say for 2023, last question that for those that have not dipped their toe in the water of building their personal brand, they should just go for it. You should go for it. Absolutely. And, and the interesting thing is as we wrap up 2022 here, and as we look ahead to 2023, I'm getting more and more DMS from people that are wanting to do the same kind of thing. Where do I start? How do I begin? Who am I speaking to? How do I position myself? So I know that the desire is out there. I think it's just a matter of getting out, out there, kind of putting one foot in front of the other and starting to, to make mistakes and kind of do that crawl, walk, run thing that is the hard thing to do. But I think a lot of people are wanting to do it and I would highly recommend it. That is great advice. Chris, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights as you've built this you know, personal brand and it continues to develop. Thank you, Barbara. Absolutely. There you have it. Two experts in the personal branding space for multifamily. I hope you guys have gotten a ton of value. If you want to continue this conversation, 
Tony Sousa and I are hosting a session at NAA on Wednesday from 12.15 to 1.05. It's branding your most valuable asset, you. So we're going to talk about real-life case studies, actual strategies, and how you can continue to amplify your voice online. So join us there. And guys, this has been so much fun. As usual, I'll see you next week for another episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You. Bye, friends.